0: Thank you, Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel?
1: STAT 2? Who'd want to do that?
2: Sequels suck. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast (laughs) and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now!
3: I'll have my revenge and Deathstalker 2.
2: Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator.
3: The same shit happened to the same guy twice!
2: Oh, please! Please! By definition alone,
1: they're
3: inferior films! It's it is one of the strangest tales ever told. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So, if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to, uh. well. We warned you. Every picture.
0: This picture shows how he died.
3: Tells a story. Well, what do these pictures have to do with us? Every story.
0: Three people have died. Has an end.
3: Pictures of us
2: we 're next I never thought I could see my own death before it happened 't you want
3: to know Final Destination three rated R.
1: hello boys and ghouls it 's your host Chris again here again at inside the sequel the podcast where we talk about sequel movies that do not get enough love or attention that they deserve and we come on here to let you know about them so you can check them out and uh, just sing praise to them it 's October and i 'm super excited to continue going through our lineup this month. Um, If you're new to the show, I definitely recommend checking uh, out our other episodes, especially this month where we had uh, Carmelita talk about Exorcist 2, and we had Mark Wheaton come on for Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. Um, And if you're returning, then you probably had this date circled um, on your calendars because today we are talking about uh, the James Wong, I think, hit 2006 film Final Destination 3. And with me today, I have returning guests and how they quoted perfectly before recording. They are sequel... They're doing a sequel to their original episode on Inside the Sequel. They're back for a second episode. After a year, I have the director, uh, directors of Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. I have Tyler Jensen and Roman Chimeni.
0: Hey. How are you
1: two doing? Hey, how are you? Oh, I am good. I am stressed because I always get nervous talking to really cool people on the podcast. Uh, but no, I'm doing really good, and I'm so
2: happy that you two came back on. Uh, Don't I think be stressed. A lot of Tyler's a big
0: nerd. You'll be fine.
2: <laughs> Hi, this is Tyler. My pronouns are he, gay, and ghoul, and I'm happy <laughs> to be here. Cute. Uh, and
1: then Roman's here. He's too, too cool for two headphones. He's got one headphone in and a vegan t-shirt on. i So I've got I'm two. just so glad... Uh, two. To, be, to be to be fair, vegan vampire is what the t-shirt says. Everyone, so yep. giving you a vegan. He just likes to,
2: to suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta stop letting you know me so well. <laughs>
1: well, I have you two back on after a year, and it, it honestly feels like yesterday since I last talked to you two. Because after we were done recording, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get you two back on and talk about other things because your taste and the way you look at movies, um. Are kind of like ways I like to look at them. And it's like if they're people that are like-minded like me, it's like I want to keep talking to them because it's like I don't get that around too much unless I, you know, have a few drinks and I convince other people to think like me <laughs> about uh, movies. Well um, then but...
0: then misery will love company here.
1: <laughs> but anyway, I just want to talk about what you two have been up to. It's been a year since you were on here. And uh, I just like, love to catch up with you, too. Like, maybe what have you been doing? Have you been doing anything for the documentary? Is there any new projects in the works? Or, like, have you been watching really cool, like, horror stuff for October? I'd love to pick your brains on that.
0: Okay. Um, well, you know what? For Scream Queen, I'll just get you up to speed really quick. Like, usually a doc like this would have already, like, laid down to rest, you know? It's been mm-hmm. years now. We had the pandemic, obviously through a wrench in this whole plan we had, but as of, I believe next week, it's actually gonna be starting some more screenings in the UK. Uh, So it's gonna have its first UK screening. I have friends over there that have been like waiting to see it, so that's happening. And we have four other, I can't remember all the places, but we've gone overseas. So it's actually still going. Um,
2: We had a uh, Blu-ray release in Brazil. We had a Blu-ray release here in the States. Um, You can find it now. All the special features you would ever want. All in one place.
1: you know, Tyler, the listeners who li- who listen to this podcast are usually the the horror collectors who buy the boutique labels, and they saw that it came through Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. But I, you know, and I also see you two still hanging out with Mark Patton, and like you're yeah. still doing stuff with the podcast and I or with the
2: uh, documentary, and I think that's so awesome. We're that so you two are still excited doing that. for him. He's got a new movie coming out uh, with Carter Smith, who did The Ruins, which I really loved, and oh, Midnight yeah. Kiss. It's called Swallowed. And it's actually a really sweet story because apparently the director saw our movie and was like, I I have to write a movie for Mark Patton. And he did, and he's in it, and he's getting great reviews. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very excited. I'm very proud. It was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that is exactly the kind of response you want when you make something, is that someone's going to see it and feel inspired and do mm-hmm. seven other things. And to have any like little kernel of trivia attached to what he does next is even excellent it's perfect
0: well i did see it and i i immediately told tyler that mark was going to be thrilled because he plays he actually has a really complex role he's a really nasty villain in this movie (laughs) and he got to really be out there it's like all the reviews so far have been great so mark's really excited he's traveling around he's doing shows We still talk. We've been – Tyler and I have been really busy. We've been doing a lot of advertising work and short film work and uh, doing – we just got really slammed doing projects for other people. So we haven't really unveiled any of our things yet.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, as long as you two are working at putting stuff out, I'm happy to hear that. I'm excited to hear that because I loved your work. And I know a lot of people that that I do podcasting with, mutual friends and stuff. I'm always recommending that podcast to people. Um, and I know I'm I, I'm I'm very happy to hear that people l- have watched it. They know what I, I'm talking about. You know, I say Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, they go, eh. but then I tell them about the Scream Queen documentary. They somehow always know about that one first, which huh. I think is a good sign. I we think got we got in... really good
2: press, and I, yeah. I think you did. We'll did never you... have it that easy ever again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But it's weird, like how your po- your documentary. You know, we're looking at it now, in twenty twenty two. Now it's like <clears throat> you see, you see, like the the director who did the film, and you see Mark Patton, who's obviously close with other um, horror movie icons of the eighties, like Felissa Rose, um, you know, Ken Hodder. Those people are, like are getting like you know roles again they're kind of like breaking out again and this whole like concept of like legacy characters and movies is like such a big boom too so people like rediscovering these older actors from the 80s and those sequels and bring them back and stuff and I think Mm. you know your documentary feels like it was perfect timing for that kind of thing like Jack Shoulder did Nightmare 2 and he gets a Screen Factory release of Alone in the Dark which had been a Screen Factory uh, or had been a Blu-ray out of print film for the longest time so you automatically tie that in unfortunately you have the passing of Clue Gallagher who was the dad of the film oh my god I miss Um, that man he was so sweet but then like the outpour of people who were like oh he was so awesome loved him in Nightmare 2 you know Return of the Living Dead. You know, you you, you kind of get some. You you felt like a perfect timing to kind of bring this whole like full circle approach and retrospective. And I think it really attached to people. I know with me, I love the documentary. I own it. It's a great watch. Um, but I just want to say, I think you got you two are, are definitely onto something great. And I'm super excited to see what you do next. Thank
3: um, you. Well, thank you. This I has think, been I fun. Think the
0: good, the good <laughs> the, thing about the movie is is that. Like you said, it was probably like, you know, the perfect time. But mm-hmm. I think the reason is like there's been enough time since this movie came out now that we can all look back and see how the community that we were talking about has grown, you know, just mm-hmm. since the the conversation started. And with that, we've also seen that there's been a lot of independent filmmakers that have stepped up and now have started making quality type movies that a lot of these Mm -hmm. actors because before, like you talk, you talk about fan films and you think about stuff that's just on YouTube that you couldn't even sit (sighs) through. And now you're seeing like the quality of stuff. That's that a lot of these actors are happy to take part in. So I think that it's, it's not just serendipity. I think there are reasons all of this has kind of come together and it's all been really positive. And there's been a lot of positive changes. There's been a lot of girls, that have stepped up and done stuff like the Fred heads girls pulled off their Mm -hmm. movie. You know, there's a, Mm -hmm. it it is a a exciting time. I'm kind of, I kind of like just, I've been doing a lot of work on my own. Tyler has too. And we're seeing all these things coming out and I think it's kind of great, you know?
1: Yeah. It feels like a resurgence of like the eighties. You get a bunch of like horror movies and they're coming out and some become franchises and some become cult classics. And like now it's like with independent filmmaker, you know with the a24s you get like you know shutter you get like you know all these like original films coming out from these streaming studios and stuff so like people's creative content can get like go out to like the mass audience and then yeah. catch a following and i think that's really cool and i think the the, the fact that you did it the way you did and stylize it tying it with like the past and like with you know current issues and like the current state of like horror and for these people um I think now more than ever horror is in the best shape it's ever been in terms of like, like capturing the general audience, but like also, you know, appreciation to the cult following and the the diehard fans of it. And like those actors and like those <laughs> creatives. Yeah. And I think your, your documentary felt like a, a really nice, like bow on top of like that time we're living in now right. where anyone can like reach out um, to these like, um you know, actors from old and then like, you know, say, Hey, we're doing something and we'd love to have you on. And then it's like, there is a chance they'll probably do it. Like you said. Yeah. And, uh, I just, yeah, I think you're doing really great with that. Both of you. Um, well, but I'd you. love to hear. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Anyway, it's like, at this point it's like everyone starts clapping. Like, wow. Right. Like, yeah, great. Yeah,
2: we're, we're in a golden age right now. This year alone, all of our, you know, horror tentpole films have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name agree. names as to who's the better of them all, but, As a horror fan, I know I've been going to the theater almost every weekend to see a brand new horror film, some of them original, some of them legacy sequels and all these things. And I'm having the time of my life, obviously my two favorites of the year have been X and Pearl. Everything Ty West has done in these two films is (laughs) making me insanely jealous.
1: It's weird that a, a name like Ty West, which, I mean, not that long ago, Ty West was one of the hottest, like, I feel like underground horror directors. And he even did like a mass produced Western at one point too, had Greta Gerwig in a film. Um, but like, now he has to go to A24 and do like a, almost a trilogy in the same year just to like put some product out. And I'm like, like
2: has to, or like, Hey, if he, you give me $10, he, I'll give you three films. If That if is pulls- Brilliant.
1: If he can do a third movie before the end of the year, he might be a go. He might be one of the greatest directors of all That's time. That's like, like
2: Takashi Miike level of like, no, we're just going to do it. I'm going to do a new movie every two months. It's
1: fine. <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome. Like Ridley Scott thought he was cool doing um, The Last Duel and Gucci in the same year for Oscar bait movies. But then it's like, <laughs> if Ty West can do it with the horror genre, it's like, give him an Oscar. We I mean, yeah. Robert Eggert's got a nomination you know, a couple years ago. Now it's like... Oh,
2: uh, we are hey, in yeah. team camp for Maya Goth. <laughs> number one actressing <laughs> yeah. of the year. Yeah,
1: no kidding. Um, but, okay, so what have you two been watching for October? It's been the holy month of, like, spooky movies. Um, for me, it's been watching stuff for the podcast and, honestly, just... In hindsight now, and, and before the October season started, anticipation of Rob Zombie's The Monsters, because I'm just a huge Rob Zombie guy. Um, and he didn't disappoint for me. But that's really been my big thing. But we get, like, a Hellraiser, um, you know, remake. We, we we have so many things on Shudder being released. A lot of repertoire screenings as well. Like, right now, there's a heavy metal band, I think, or it's a symphony band that's been touring the country to do a Nosferatu showing wow. um, in different cities. Yeah, it's like there's been a lot of, like...
0: October's been popping this year in twenty twenty two. I'm not gonna lie. There's so many things. Tyler's definitely gonna have more names for you, because <laughs> like, he's he's seen a lot of the current stuff. I actually stepped back and have I've been working a lot, so like I kind of collapse in the evening. I put on <laughs> Roku and I find myself kind of gravitating to the shittiest, oldest seventies, <laughs> eighties stuff that is. Somewhat familiar stuff I've seen, but can't remember anything about. I think there was one called like um, Trick or Treat that I watched with uh, 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 Ozzy Osbourne. What? No.
2: Isn't Ozzy <laughs> in that one from the '80s with the? No, uh, there's the...
0: two. You're thinking oh. of the rock, the rock and roll one. This is a I different I love one that one. That,
3: it's a babysitter
0: crazy. <laughs> it's a babysitter movie. There's like a, a this girl who's babysitting a young boy who likes to play practical jokes um, right. and he's tormenting her all night and his dad's the story is, of my childhood yes <laughs> it's, i i can relate hanging out with you it's and his dad just <laughs> breaks out of a mental asylum and goes back to get revenge on the mom but there's a babysitter there and the guy's so crazy he thinks she's the mom it's so bad whatever i loved it Um, it sounds honestly really fun (laughs) and and funny enough um when when you brought up watching final destination i told you i had just watched this one that seemed like an obvious precursor to these movies um you should probably edit this because i forgot what it's called but uh it's it was exactly the same thing. It was the same premise. Like a girl survives a plane crash, a woman survives a plane crash. And then after that, she starts noticing that like weird things are starting to co- An entity is like trying to get her. Uh, and so you find out later that she's, she's like death is trying to like, you know, get that card back. Um,
1: uh, in the seventies.
0: No, this one I think oh. was like 1981. Um, I'm gonna look up the name while Tyler's talking and tell you. But it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it, I was watching it going, Wait, I've never heard of this. And immediately I realized this is just like Final Destination. And I loved it. Like all these weird coincidences and things just like domino down and try and sever off heads and everyone around her dies. So there you go. If you like Final hmm. Destination, it's a good one. But oh, yeah, yeah, Tyler's seen a lot of the more current stuff, right? Right. Uh-oh. I mean,
2: I don't know. It's I prefer to go to the theater cuz I cannot watch movies at home. I'm on my phone, I'm not paying attention. It's not a good way to judge a movie. However.
1: Okay, so are you on are you on Twitter looking at the discourse or are you making like mini films on TikTok? Which one of those is the, the I I do
2: my daily TikTok practice <laughs> and you know, I've been stifled before, so maybe 10 people see what I'm doing. But, um, there you go, yeah. <laughs> no, the the most fun I've had in the theater this year, by and large, was X. Yeah. I was screaming, I was laughing. You all know, I edit movies. It's rare that a movie gets me by the editing. And this movie made me scream twice for the same <laughs> gag.
3: <laughs> I can't oh, explain
2: goodness. it. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But like completely gave me everything I wanted it was dumb it was brilliant it had musical moments it had you know a very sex positive attitude we had an untraditional final girl who gets to do everything and survive and ah it made me so happy to see all the um what do we how do we call them the set pieces, all of the um, classic slasher tropes presented to me, but mm-hmm. also having to figure out when they're going to be deployed, when how someone is going to die. In the movie opens, everyone's dead. You see where all the bodies are. The fun of the movie is figuring out when, where, and how, and why. And the tension that is created out of all of that information is brilliantly executed by Ty West
3: mm-hmm
1: he really killed he really knocked it out of the park. that movie's like a like a toby Ho- hooper who done it in 2022 it's weird right. but it works perfect
2: it's a very scuzzy agatha christie movie <laughs> yes you know what's
1: crazy i i usually what i do on letterbox with my friends we do like a top 10 and it's a highly anticipated thing in the group chat um other podcasters and i um we'll create our top 10 on letterbox and show them off it's weird because like I feel like most of my top ten is gonna be horror movies because it's been so good this year. Yeah,
0: it's been good. Did you like Hellraiser? I haven't seen Hellraiser yet, but okay. I feel like
1: I'm gonna like it because I've been going through. Because for the podcast, I had to watch the you know rewatch one and two, and then mm-hmm. I watched three for the first time, and then fourth for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in a crossroads right now where I made a <laughs> I made a promise in January or after October last year where it's like. Do I watch the Wrong Turn franchise next Halloween, or do I watch the Hellraiser franchise? And now I'm in the middle, because I've watched the first four, and I'm good. I could keep going, or I could start the Wrong Turn franchise. I think you should do the
0: Wrong Turn franchise, but I think you should follow up with the new Hellraiser. Like, Mm -hmm. the first four are excellent. I mean, the first three... Really, it's two. <laughs> first two are great. First two, let's be up. Three, okay. <laughs> three is three is is silly, but it has some excellent moments in it. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I love three anyway. Four is well made. It's a it's a butchered movie, but who cares? Like just just mm-hmm. enjoy it. You can enjoy that movie. After that, okay. they get kind of difficult to watch. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of them I've been able to watch all the way through and be like, okay, whatever. Uh, but the new one. I really. I haven't it seen a lot. it yet. I haven't
2: okay. seen it yet. Okay. okay. I'm so glad we about will, the old we But won't say the director of the new one, I did finally see his last movie, The Night House, on HBO, and oh, that got me. It got me. Okay. The Night House. I hmm. was not expecting to scream at my TV at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, and it—I did. One last thing:
0: <laughs> Have you have you seen The Watcher? The TV series The I haven't Watcher. Watched
2: it.
1: Nope. The only horror TV series I've watched, which I'm so glad I did, was Midnight Mass. And oh my God, was that good.
2: I've been watching Midnight Club. Mm. <laughs> Every night after midnight, I put it on. And uh, it's really <laughs> great to see Heather Langenkamp back. Oh, But not only like have her do the Nancy Thompson role in Dream Warriors again, she actually gets to play different characters within the stories that are being told. And that's the kind of fun I want from my horror legacy characters. Don't make them do the same shit that they did in the movies already. Let them do new stuff. So yeah.
1: thoughts on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 then? Because they brought the original actress back to do a Laurie Strode no, type thing.
2: Oh, we also, we also is got a Halloween ends that, as well. That woman died. This is a new woman. She, she does die. Yeah. No, but... Oh, wait,
1: no, no. This
2: is not the same woman. No, but they bring the character back. Okay. For... I will say... That I loved <laughs> this new movie. I did too. In the same way that like nothing will ever touch the original. That's the one I'm going to watch if I really want to watch a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But oh. they pulled off something that I haven't seen in any of the sequels since then, which is true tension. In a way that is an afterthought and really bad horror movies are so, like we have a killer with a chainsaw. Why do I need to build up suspense? This movie decides, like, no, that's what we're going to do. We're going to allow it to be so fucking stupid with all of our characters so that when they die, you're like, okay, well, that is what I wanted to happen in this movie. I can't be too (laughs) mad at it. That is what we're doing here.
3: Hmm. But
2: for what it was and for how it was made and the fact that, like, a new director came on 24 hours before they shot it, And still made something really fucking tense. And made me scream and giggle. That's all I want. And I got it. And I'm very happy that that bus massacre scene happened. (laughs) It's crazy how they pulled that one off. Like, I
1: thought in the trailers for that movie, I was not going to like it. But, oh my god, the movie works so well. And it's one of my favorites of the year, for sure. Um, It's weird how texas Chainsaw massacre can work in like a 2022 setting but halloween still can't figure out how to make it in the modern day with
0: halloween you know like it just
2: he, he hasn't ends. seen the new one oh. i did i'm gonna withhold I'm still my thoughts too, i'm
0: still too yeah. behind i plan to catch up but like <laughs> i just have not been in the mood for that right now probably mm-hmm. once everyone's over with it i will but uh I mean, I'm not anti-Halloween, but, like, the new ones, like, I, I don't know. I can't really put my finger on what was missing for me. But I did enjoy – you know what it is? There's little saw, room for growth. <laughs> okay. I, we saw one in the theater, right, with Jamie Lee Curtis. It was, like, a pre-preview or something. With, right. the first That was one. the
2: 2018 version. And mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. had a good time
0: watching it with everybody, and there was people laughing and – screaming and stuff and then uh i watched it at home with my roommate and it was fine it just was different that was a movie i think those movies you really have to be in the setting you have to be because otherwise you start to analyze things like it's supposed (laughs) to be it's supposed to be sensory overload i mean really that's what all these movies are supposed to be right unless it's a series that's brooding and building and there's you know all these roots growing but with a Halloween movie, they're like, they've already broken all these quote unquote rules. So you're really just supposed to have fun with it. Right. Right. Yeah. right.
2: You are so, begged to leave your critical thinking skills at home.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that's what all these shitty 80 horrors horror movies were for was let's just go out and have some fun. It was part of your social experience. And now people forget that. And so when they're, they're watching these movies with like a Hawkeye going, that doesn't make sense. Why are they doing that? He can't do that. It's like, well, you know what? They didn't really care about that kind of stuff in the beginning. You've forgotten. Because now that... we're sitting at home <clears throat> like armchair warriors, like tearing everything <laughs> apart. Well, we should just be turning out the light and having a good time. So, That's oh, the 824 rant-
1: effect probably. Maybe. It's probably the 824 effect of horror movies, I feel.
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: Like the high, like the, what is it called? The slow burn, which is a weird term to call it, where they're like slower, they're critical thinking piece horror movies. The Robert Eggertz effect, which I think is a good thing because like, I like Robert Eggert's films. Right. Um, I don't know if I'm
0: necessarily th- talking about like comparing it to different kinds of movies more so than just like people that have, are confusing their nostalgia with,
3: Oh, their experience yeah. now
0: and realizing that we don't view these movies the same way we used to. So we, you we know, I remember going to the, I remember seeing Nightmare Four and Five, and nobody walked out of that theater going, "I can't believe this, Freddie can't do that." Blah blah blah. Everyone was just like, <laughs> "That girl was hot," you know, or that music, the soundtrack is amazing. Like you that's the way we, Yeah, that we just wanted to hear things that we knew like we couldn't see on regular tv and that's what made it really fun and mm. you know i think the as these things became yeah they definitely deteriorated in their quality uh, once corporate america gets their hands on stuff it's gonna trick you know fade away but for the most part like it was just exciting to see them and we knew they were dumb and now we expect them to not be dumb, but we still want them to be dumb so that they're fun. It's like, you can't have both.
2: <laughs> so what are you going to do? Right. Mm. Do you want them to be trashy? Or do you want them to be elevated horror? Stop it. There you it. go.
1: You know, I feel like I got a mix of both of those. Cause when I was in, I, so I live in Chicago now, but I did go back to Springfield, Missouri, where I lived for the last couple years for a wedding. And I, I got a chance to go see Halloween ends in theaters. And then I double featured that with my friend who, podcast host of cobwebs and we got to see terrifier 2 in theaters as well i don't know if you two have watched the terrifier uh first one and the second one yet but terrifier 2 feels like an elevated sleaze horror film
0: yeah i heard really good things about it. i haven't seen it but everything in my body just went inside things.
2: of myself <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that's like, the kind of movie i want
1: It's insane how that movie has 100% Rotten Tomatoes. It's critically acclaimed. It's it's audiences love it. It, The fact that Terrifier, Art the Clown, is in a movie theater right now for you to view. Mm -hmm. I'm granted it's one showing at 9:20 every day of the week.
3: No, but that's great. That's
2: that's the um, Paranormal Activity effect. We're like we're show it only at midnight. It has this great buzz. People are mm -hmm. vomiting at the theater. Everyone has heard that story about Terrifier too people are yeah. fainting and vomiting. And now it becomes this legend like, wait, yeah. am I strong enough to go witness that for myself? <laughs> it it so, will be a, uh, a ritual for teens right now to be like taking yeah. their girlfriends and we're gonna see the scariest movie ever. People are gonna get so sick. I bet you $20 you're gonna vomit in this movie. <laughs> that is how this movie becomes a franchise to last forever. I'm really happy for them. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, though, because it sounds I don't... <laughs> like it's going to make me sick. I don't blame you, but it fuses a really cool,
1: like, video nasty 80s horror movie mixed with, like, icon- like an icon slasher movie mixed in with, like, 80s fantasy. Because in the 80s, you had those fantasy okay, films. Okay, you are saying
2: the right things. Like yeah, you, you, are. you get
1: the <laughs> Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, it has, like, this, like, Xena warrior, like, Conan feel mixed in with, like, two-hour slash fast and then you get like amazingly gross set piece of violence that I don't like it's super creative and like the fact that the the so the first terrifier came out like what five years ago and it was like an hour 20 and it's like set in two locations but it's still it's still like set had a following it was amazing um so I rewatched it, and I came around to it. I was like, wow, you know what? I really appreciate that. And, you know, 2018 Chris is not 2022 Chris anymore. Thank God for that. But,
3: <laughs> All it took then I was a the
2: pandemic.
1: <laughs> there you go. And uh, then I watched her, t- Hellfire, uh, Terrifier 2, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just so happy this fucking thing came to theaters because it's like you don't see this kind of thing as much anymore. And I love that. You know, the movie is great in its own right. Is it one of the best things ever? No. But the fact that – the, the people who made the first one got more money. They got a theater release and they got, you know, they increased the runtime to show like to flex like, hey, we can carry a two hour runtime of this stuff just to let you know we could is really freaking cool.
2: Um, the fact that the horror audience is what's keeping movie theaters alive right now. That's the much, only yeah. people who are coming back to theaters because we know that horror is better in a large group. That's why I go to see movies in the theater, because I want to be in that, you know, shared moment of that chaos. If it's working, people are screaming. If it's working, they're screaming, and then they start laughing because they're screaming. It is the the most electrifying (laughs) feeling that I want to be a part of for as long as I live.
0: Same with comedy, too, but yeah. And I remember when I was younger, it wasn't just the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Halloweens that were in the theaters. It was really, like, lower tier. Yeah. Those were the ones that, like, you didn't care. Like, it was fun. Um, and I kind of like that a Terrifier movies in the theater now. Like, we need more of that. It's been the opposite for a while. It's all the, mm-hmm. the super indie horror stuff was just straight to Prime. And then Prime's never going to advertise it. You have to happen upon it. And it really mm-hmm. should be in the theaters first. Like most of these dramas and things, you don't need to go sit in public for that. you know, yeah, <laughs> I think it's I think this is excellent. So hopefully that's a trend. And also, final destination is one of those series that like, surprisingly I love. and I found by just going into the theater because I remember back when this one I didn't see this one in the theater, but I remember that it I was working at a time at a place that I didn't like. And after dealing with the public, and I just remember after work calling my boyfriend and being like, meet me at the fucking theater, pick the (laughs) most awful movie where people die, because that's what I need right now. And I remember Final (laughs) Destination came out and I was like, that was fucking perfect. Like, that's exactly what I needed.
2: This this is definitely one of my favorite franchises as well. I think the mechanics of every installment are the same but it has this open-ended um, creativity all- mm-hmm. allotted to it in which you can have 13 Halloween movies, but it's all gonna be the same. It's the same guy doing the same thing. There's a little, not a lot of room for growth. This, however, gets to be like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. The, the ideas keep coming and I want more of them. I did mm-hmm. see this one in the theater on a, a first date, <laughs> and I think we only went. It was like, oh, you like horror? Do you want to see Final Destination three? It was like, a, oh, you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. We're gonna go watch this movie. It did it seem great it was on
0: a date too. Was one of these
2: in three D? That was the fourth them? one. Fourth one and the yeah. fifth. No, the fifth one was not in three D. Was it?
1: No, I think it's 4 that's in 3D. Because 4, that's a big push for 3D at the time. Like Avatar. Oh my god, it was the worst. It
2: is the worst. It's the one I will never watch again.
1: That's the one with the pool where they suck the guy into the bottom of the pool, I'm pretty sure too. That's the
2: only death I remember of that. And then the NASCAR thing. like, Way to alienate me in one, two punches. (laughs) Like, I don't care. If there was a mass accident at a NASCAR thing, I would not have hurt. Hear about it? I'm like, I don't know.
1: I mean, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't have either. But I remember that scene always being in the trailer all the time. um Again, 2006 when this movie came out. I mean, Final Destination was always like those movies because uh, uh, how do I say this? When I was younger in the 2000s, it wasn't like I was going to see the movies all the time. I was just hearing by word of mouth from kids. This, parents let them go see the movie so they're like final Destination's crazy final destination 2 is crazy it's like you know these movies about death and these insane kills and i'm like whoa like that's pretty cool
2: like see you know, that's things, exactly was...
0: it's like the same thing that's so cute because
2: yeah. <laughs> i did like i did go see final destination 2 opening night way back when i was in high school oh, terrified geez. me i that opening sequence of part two it probably is the best opening sequence of the whole series and two Get scary the older I get. It's always the, the log through the windshield. Everyone yeah. remembers that from the trailer and mm-hmm. it's traumatized a whole generation. I left that theater and it was a thunderstorm raining. <laughs> oh home, no. Absolutely convinced that it was the last night I was gonna be alive. <laughs> That's sure the that power like, of cinema.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I mean like, I mean, I was watching 80s horror movies at home. You know, I wasn't going to the theaters to go see these movies, but I heard it from word of mouth. But as soon as Final Destination 3 hit the DVDs at Family Video, you know I was renting that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's, of course, when I, like, you know, I was introduced to Mary Elizabeth Winstead and then Sky High, obviously. Get that out of the way. Was, uh,
2: um, was this her first movie or was Sky High the first movie? This was my <laughs> first time seeing her, too, that I remember. And I thought she was great.
1: I saw it in this and then in Sky High is how I saw it. But at the same time, you know, being a kid elementary to middle school, roller coasters are freaking cool, you know, at that age. And then you have a period where you're scared of them, and then when you get older again, you love them again. But at least for me. But yeah. seeing Final Destination 3 – I was like, holy crap, like that is some scary traumatizing stuff right there. James Wong did X-Files in like Black Christmas. Oh,
2: I love mm-hmm. the Black Christmas remake. Everybody yeah. uh, hates it. Don't me. Tyler, don't, just. I don't even wanna hear it.
1: Yeah, no, okay. Oh wait, no, so I the think,
2: guy who did Black Christmas, he did part two,
1: right? No, Glenn Moore. okay, maybe he wrote it. Okay, I think he just wrote, helped write it or okay. produce it.
2: James Wong, he, wrote, <laughs> he
1: did stuff for X-Files, which I did like his X-Files stuff back in the day. Um, I actually have all the, f- all the seasons on Blu-ray and I, st- I still like watching those from time to time. Um, c- but Glenn Morgan also wrote for X-Files and he did Black Cl- Christmas. That's probably why they collabed together on that then. Cause Glenn Morgan was a big producer for X-Files. So that makes sense. Um, but with Final Decision 3, 2006, you get things. Um, I pulled out a few movies just to give you an idea of like what was coming out during that time. And I think why I was really gravitating towards that. Like you think about, you get like, you know... <laughs> For me, I love this, but you get like Monster House. You get things like the Silent Hill movie. You get the Wicker Man franchise. You get the Hills Have Eyes franchise reboot. You also get Hatchet, that gets oh, nice. too that be- that kind of becomes a franchise at some point. Right. Um. But Final Destination three felt like one of those weird uh, franchises during the time, like with the Saw franchise as well. Like I felt like they were competing, and then you get Final Destination a couple years later that starts to throw its hat in there. And obviously Final Destination, so I keep going as well. It was a cool time in the 2000s where early 2000s felt like they were remaking like 1960s like William Castle and 80s reboots in a way. And then they kind of progressed into like these indie kind of inventive horrors like Final Destination. I don't know. That's why I love the 2000s. I thought you'd be perfect for this episode because like 2000s horror, I think is like low key underrated. I don't feel like people like give it enough credit.
3: Well, yeah, I I have to disagree
2: with you. (laughs) No way. <laughs> all right, you take it. You take it. You you love it. You take it.
0: Okay, I I do think that I agree with you. I think it's a little underrated, but I think it's
2: partially it's
0: because I think a lot of the characters during the time were kind of bland, even in this okay. movie. I think everybody in this movie is bland. Yeah. I think everybody in almost all of these movies are bland. They They were missing a little bit of something that we had from the this, this stuff I loved before. But the movies themselves are great. This is coming after the 90s, which is like not, it's my least favorite era of horror. Oh. And not oh. just because it was, it was literally <laughs> taking a dip anyway. It was changed. It was there. There's some good stuff there, but it, it just, I, technically I didn't like the way they were making them. I didn't like the lighting. I didn't like the, the scores that much. Like I just wasn't a fan. And then 2000s came and they started having more fun, and it seemed like they were actually giving it their all with these scripts. Um, okay, the character, I hate their style. I hate their clothes. Most of these people oh my are God. the same.
2: All, but my notes. all my notes from watching <laughs> this movie were like the fashion of 2005, 2006 is terrible. Awful. <laughs> awful. Yeah. See, uh, what but I was yeah, going
3: to say is
0: good oh, go stuff. Ahead.
2: No, no, go. I think well, the I only gonna... good. <laughs> <laughs> movies from the 2000s era that i can remember off my head are like 28 days later may mm-hmm. the descent,
1: descent and
2: insidious and like what else came in that the the, the last it's half like of the, the 2000s were good jennifer's body i mean that was Jennifer, still 2009. Yeah. sorority row like a lot of the remakes were terrible but then towards the end it got some good ones i love sorority row i'll die on that hill <laughs> I love Piranha 3D. I'll die on that hill. Okay, well, uh, now you've
0: moved into a different decade. So stay in the early We're talking
2: 2000s. about 2000s. Wait, two, Piranha 3D was 2010. When yeah, was it, that's a whole
0: different – that's like a different okay. decade. Speak. Let him speak. <laughs> okay, I take it. But
2: I, wa- <laughs> I was going to say, the thing
1: I love about early 2000s, honestly, it's nostalgia, but it's it feels kind of like – like Roman said, It's they're having fun, but it, it's like it is – you know bush and then post bush era where like the youth and revolt and like the middle finger to like the establishment's kind of there but then i get what roman is saying with like the 90s where it feels very corporate with some of these movies too but i felt like they were still letting them get like creative like the house of wax remake um the house on haunted hill remake mm-hmm. those are william castle 60s remake movies and
2: you the know, house you on some... haunted hill remake opens with a roller coaster scare
1: there you go. And it has, oh, um,
2: um,
1: Matthew Lillard as well. And then you get the Scooby-Doo. Oh, wait, no, Matthew Lillard's in
2: 13 Ghosts.
1: Or 13 Ghosts. Lisa Loeb. <laughs> However.
3: The... Oh, I'm God. My I have to I'm go. My... <laughs> <laughs> Lisa
0: yeah,
3: Loeb. It was
0: a good time.
1: <laughs> and I think it's like you get these kind of fun movies. Like, like, like they remake old classics and they, they – reimagine them for the modern day and I kind of like that I like yeah. the the I like the new metal kind of like openings and the and the cold c- closings of movies um, Final Destination mm. 3 has that which I really like too usually I hate movies where like you can't let the characters ride off on the sunset which with the 80s what they do what they let them ride off the sunset and then in the immediate sequel they just kill them in the opening mm. and in this movie they're just like nope death wins because you can't cheat death and stuff like that I kind of get that but it's kind of fun at the same time Um, the descent is a great movie when you get a sequel with that, the house of a thought, or you get Rob, you started to get Rob zombie stuff in the early two thousands as well. And he kind of changes the game. Um, I don't know, like the two thousands, I felt like anything could kind of be a hit if that makes sense. Like, I don't know, like you wouldn't know what would like get audiences going. You get a movie like how, um, the Hills run red, which was like this low budget, um, 2000 slasher movie about this insanely um this insane psychopath killer who like really watches homage like om- like what plays homage to 80s and 70s grind grindhouse horror movies and like does it himself you get like those crazy psychopath killer movies as well i don't know it just feels very like against the the culture like it's, it feels like almost like punk it's like yeah like yeah. The establishment <laughs> the, the, the conservative era of you know we're living in right now it's like we're gonna do something insanely you know, offensive to that society right now. Well, and yeah, that's also like what 70s and
0: 80s horror was all about. I mean, that's really what mm-hmm. all movies are, not all movies, but that's what all of these types of movies are supposed to be about. It's, it's about mm-hmm. like shining, putting a mirror up against the status quo, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the whole point of horror is a reflection of our fears and our fears are based in the world we live in. You know, if you're not going to a horror movie is not going to be successful if it's really talking about things that we no longer that are no longer relevant to us. You know, Mm. as as like our society moves away from religion, a lot of these exorcist type movies aren't as effective Mm. anymore. Good
1: point. So
0: we like a lot of that. I like a lot of that stuff, but I've also grown out of a lot of things, too. And that's why we always have to reevaluate things like, okay, I love final destination because i'm actually kind of glad you recommended this because it's it's kind of perfect now it's like existential slasher right Mm because i think a lot of us want we say we want the slasher to make a comeback but then every time a slasher comes out people hate it and it sucks and they they start nitpicking at all these other things that really shouldn't matter i think it's just because it's not hitting the right nerve I think we want Michael Myers in our lives, but I don't think he's relevant anymore because boogeymen aren't scary like they were back when people were getting dragged into vans and shit as walking home from school or home invasions from serial killers. Like now it's, I think existential dread is more reflective of the world we live in. So I I did have this thought
2: today though, like especially with this movie on how part of the the conceit is that there is some characters who know what's going on and they have to warn everybody else it feels watching it today that the same thing would happen to a QAnon person they would discover that they were like in a plot and everything was going to go wrong and they would try to warn everybody else you were thinking this as i'm watching this movie she's like no one believes me (laughs) She's showing up at every crime scene where someone just happens to be brutally murdered and everyone's just like, well, she must know something. Why is she here? And they always investigate the psychic person. And then I'm like, how is this any different than like someone doing all their own research and falling into a QAnon trap and being well, like, oh. there you oh. go giving
0: away good script ideas, Tyler. But
2: yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you you could remake this movie and it would have a completely different political allegory. Yeah, but you'd have,
0: that doesn't sound like a likable character to follow. No,
2: no, no, but you could like, this is like the pro version of a QAnon story. Like, oh, I've seen the light and I'm trying to save everybody. Not advocating for that. (laughs) No, don't get me wrong, but I can see how you can twist that and be like, oh, this is, oh, you did your own research really?
1: I like how this movie, though, it's it's definitely it's a product of its time because, like, now with horror movies, there's so many different characters that get fleshed out in an hour and 30 to two hours these days with movies. In this movie and in the 2000s, really, you kind of know who the final girl immediately is or you know who, the, like, the main character is and you get a bunch of side characters who are basically tropes or stereotypes of its time because society didn't know better. But they make them likable or very unlikable in the very beginning. Right. Like you think about like the descendants, you think about um, snakes on a plane, um, you know, unless, outside of things like, you know, Tyler, you said like 28 Days Later, where it's a little different, you know, that's a little bit more inventive. But like in these kind of movies that are a little schlocky and, um, you know, basically popcorn movies is what I like to think of them as. Mm. You kind of get that and you're like, oh, that character is a dick. And it's like, that was the goal of the writer. They don't want you to like this person. And right. You because
2: you are supposed to enjoy watching them die 20 minutes later.
3: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm
2: but
1: then i kind of get the flip side of that was like well think about who that person is and if you don't if you enjoy watching him die that's a whole other argument i get that (laughs) um but i don't watch those movies that way i just kind of enjoy the whole popcorn fun of it um And in 2022, we don't get those kind of horror movies outside of like something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or not 2, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, which it kind of is more like, hey, like, you know, everyone's fodder for, you know, Leatherface. Right. Um, right.
2: Like we are watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 22 to see Leatherface kill some people and (laughs) to have any other expectations is a fool's errand.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Uh, but in, in, I don't know. In Final Destination three, I think still with like there's what there's three more that's come out after that, or is there there's four more? Two more after
2: this one. No, there's They're not four. working. On, I thought there's a. I thought there's six. If there's a six, I'm watching it immediately. Do not toy with me. <laughs> oh, if you're if you're hiding this for me, I will watch it. I will. I can't find remember
1: it. if they said the final destination is like the is not actually the final destination because right? they made
2: one more and they made a better one, which thank God they oh. did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's there's five. Okay. There's five. Yeah.
1: Okay. The fi- so the
0: I final mean, destination is number four, four. It, it's not, it doesn't say four. And then the next one comes out and it says five.
1: So it's, it does the final, the Friday, the 13th thing where it's the yeah. last chapter. And then they do the new beginning.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, In the same way, this last movie is called Halloween ends. And we all fucking know that ain't yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am kind of like, all right, who's going to do the next one? Um, it's going to be Claymation, and
2: it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Super. I don't know. You never know. Maybe Bloomhouse might you know, watch a documentary and might want to tap one of you two on the shoulder for it. So start uh, planning. Always have yes. a script ready. I'll say yes. Yeah. Always have a script ready. I got um, four of them. Sure. Which one do you want? <laughs> the one where you tie in um, the Shamrock uh, Corporation in it. That would Thank be kind you. Of
0: <laughs> don't I'm not going to get started on that. No, yet, yeah. But we,
1: <laughs> um but here's the thing when in hindsight when you're watching Friday the, or Final Destination um 3 for me it's still the most rewatchable. Yes, I don't know if yes. it's because it's like the best the better made of the first 3 or it's just I like the whole concept of the, the you know the characters and how they die. I think the first one is definitely an early 2000s late 90s movie. Right. And sometimes <clears> I'm in the mood for that not always. And then the second one It's kind of like watching The Strangers for me, where it's like home invasions are very scary for me. And then like, you know, car accidents and driving on the interstate, you know, living in Chicago now, it's like you see crazy traffic. It's like, that's kind of like too close to like Normancy for me. Um, So I don't enjoy rewatching it often. But three is always that one where it's like, yeah, this is exactly what I kind of need. I don't know why three is that, but I feel like that's the case for a lot of people.
2: Three for me? (laughs) Oh, Rewatching it today, I'm like, I've always said this was my favorite one of the series. It is because I am terrified of roller coasters. So that whole opening sequence works extra hard for me. I also think this is one of the best designed movies in the franchise. The way that all of the insert shots build tension, all the misdirection in the editing, I think is really fun and playful. It rewards you watching it over and over again to see all the clues you get to be detective while watching this movie as well as being viscerally put through the ringer. And mm-hmm. I will say, unfortunately, I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead in this movie is the closest final girl I have to my own personality. <laughs> and as much as that pains me to say, of like, I wanted to be something a little bit more um, proactive, not proactive, a little bit more like, someone who gets to fight a lot. No, I'm the person who's like, I took a bunch of photos and <laughs> I, I think they're speaking to me. And if I just stand silently in a room, I can figure it out. Hopefully before someone does.
0: You, you are the one that goes mute in these situations for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'll let you, it sounds like I want, I kind of wanted to hear you make like a brief summary about this. Cause I'm trying to re- All of these movies jumble up together in my head. Um, I I watched this two days ago when I really liked it. I did have to ask Tyler beforehand. I was like, okay, wait, there was this scene in a movie. Which one was that from? This other one, (laughs) what was that from? And every scene that I could recall was from part two because I've seen that one a million times and I love that one the most. But you're right. It is. I think I like it the most because it really disturbs me. All of yeah. the, the, the log through the car, uh, what else, the, the kitchen scene with, like, mm-hmm. all of these things. Like, I just, as a little kid, this is the shit that's been going on through my head <laughs> since I, always. Like, all I <laughs> other kids are thinking about BMX bikes, and I'm thinking about how I'm going to die. So, <laughs> or, like, who, how people will die. So... That one really sticks with me, but you're right. Part three is way more fun.
1: Um, Yeah, because it didn't
0: seem like any of this shit is even would ever happen.
1: No, but like if you start to think about it, then you start, you know, has like the movie opens up with them in the amusement park, and um, they see like they're all excited for the roller coaster. And I know a few times in my life where I'm excited to go to a roller coaster, I start to think the what ifs of like, well you know what if this screw comes loose or all this other stuff you know the big one for me is the large drop Mm -hmm. like that's (laughs) the one that i don't ride those anymore at a time i used to but then it's like i sort of think like i've heard accidents of that happening and plus it's like that's terrifying you just want to just get dropped like i don't you know i don't know that's not my thing anymore but yeah they open us up in like an amusement park and they're all excited to go into a very aggressive and a very scary roller coaster that seems very extreme for a local fair where it has like a whole like demon statue and it's talking to them and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, I don't is know. the
2: voice of that demon Tony Todd? Is that his cameo? I actually didn't look. I, I, you I know, believe it is. I was going to
1: ask
0: you guys. I looked up the cast and I was like, I don't remember seeing Tony Todd in this at all.
2: Yes, he, He's but like yeah. the unofficial spokesperson of the series. Uh, the voice of death.
3: <laughs> he's so he's yeah, like an undertaker and all the other movies okay. yeah okay yeah mm-hmm.
2: but i really loved the opening of this movie especially as she's like super dreading going onto this roller coaster because that's exactly yeah. how i feel when i'm <laughs> at an amusement park i'm like i don't want to go and i am always forced onto it they're like they want to see me scream and i will ah. and i will be so anxious The entire time until it's fucking over. I'm just trying to get myself through it. And I can sense that in her. From the very beginning of this movie. Mm -hmm. And she constantly reminds you like. Oh I'm such a control freak. Oh you're such a control freak. I'm like.
3: Yeah.
1: "I I I didn't notice. I didn't notice that on rewatches until this rewatch. Where I was like. Oh, yeah. She always says she's a control freak. But then it says, oh, the biggest fear is like you're, you know, is because you're not in control. I'm like, that's totally me with my partner. When she's driving, I'm always like a backseat driver. I'm like, whoa, you're getting too close to this car. Whoa. And it's like, and she said, you just are afraid because you're not in control. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of true. <laughs>
2: like, and then just she say you're an Aries. Driving. You don't have to keep repeating yourself.
1: I am an Aries. That's what the crazy <laughs> thing
2: is. There we go. No am I.
1: There you go. <laughs> so astrology prevails.
2: Um, <laughs> Aries, they don't <laughs> like roller coasters.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 and and here's the thing. It's, you know, it's an early two th- mid or er, early mid two thousands movie because she's Mary Elizabeth Winston's character is taking pictures of all the characters we're gonna l- learn about and you know see how their demise happens throughout the movie because she's taking pictures of them for their yearbook, and and I've been years off from high school and it feels like forever when people were taking pictures for a yearbook (laughs) you know what i mean did you notice
0: the sound effect they kept using this like flash bulb for this little tiny digital camera i mean i guess you need that for the effect but it just kept bothering me as a sound engineer i'm like they don't make that sound nothing makes that sound no camera has even made that sound since i've been around
2: so but it is the texas chainsaw massacre
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna
2: say you're like oh we're in a horror movie but also the 2005 of it all the younger bratty sisters like let me borrow the digital camera because i'm gonna go <laughs> hang out with my friends and it's like everyone has a camera in their pocket at all times now no one would ever fight over this little point and shoot
3: today.
2: Uh-huh.
1: also also what i love about the 2000s and in this movie it's no different they kind of like are in the 80s where every character is kind of like you know carefree but they're also super aggressive at the same time yeah. like Mary Elizabeth Vincent's care- sister just like flips them off and then it's like the yeah. guy with the hammer he like knocks the whole thing at the very top and I'm like is that gonna hit somebody? It was, like, like What's that gonna do? Did you notice um, that
2: the little sister has the worst wig you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> yeah I did notice it this time around actually. It's like very puffy around <laughs> her skull and I'm like I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on why couldn't she just have her real hair?
0: good point yeah
1: the style do we even talk about the style in this movie it is
0: the um, nebulous 2000s awful 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 i I mean i don't even know what to say (laughs) like honestly for it took me a while to figure out the difference between the fur the two guys the two
2: main guys
0: um i mean yeah their hair was a little bit different um oh like the boyfriend
2: and the jock
0: Yeah, Yeah. and uh, but also the styling of just the character itself, like the guy that the the swarmy guy that comes to take. Oh uh, my gosh! Trying to take pictures of the girls. So here's the thing: there is actually no plot to this movie. That's why it's hard to summarize it. It's just like this. You said the whole plot: she's taking photos of her friends for the high school yearbook, and then shit starts to happen. And she ends up needing to try to use those photos to kind of put this puzzle together. Like who was next to die? Right. That's it. So all that you're left with is like an attachment to these people. And surprisingly, I hated everybody, but I did have fun watching this. Like I didn't (laughs) want people to die. Even those girls in the tanning bed, like they didn't deserve it. They weren't mean to anybody. Like I couldn't, but no. it was still fun. You know, you want them to die because they suck, but they, they weren't like mean <laughs> girls, really. Right, they were just hairheads.
2: Right. Yeah, they were, you know,
0: self centered. No, the <laughs> only person that was actually like kind of a terrible person was that guy that I'm talking about. I should look him up.
2: Oh, Frankie.
1: Oh, the goth guy? What, no, the oh, attempted yeah, goth you, guy? I
0: forgot about him. I normally would like those characters, obviously, mm-hmm. but. He was awful. He was terrible. They make him nasty. He also just looked like a 30-year-old guy playing a 17-year-old kid with, like, emo hair. And that just angered me. (laughs) That character's supposed to be, like you know, silent but deadly. Oh, uh, Supposed to be a little bit better looking in some weird, like, I haven't noticed before sort of way.
2: He has all the existential dialogue, explanation of what death is really about. Like, oh, to be scared, it's just a metaphysical transformation. I was like, shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Hurry up
0: and die.
1: I kind of enjoyed that weird (laughs) turn where he's almost, like, forcing death on people at the end, but I think the sleaze was definitely the guy who's recording the two girls and has like yeah. the Frankie cheats. Yeah, Frankie cheats. <laughs> <we're>,
0: <laughs> the guy who's been out of out of high school for three years but is still there at their events, like Hawking right. the young girls.
1: Yeah, we, it's still a thing. It's
2: still to this day. It's still a thing. I mean, but I think he was we, probably
0: my favorite. Favorite. We death can't
2: scene. bypass that moment early on in the film when the jock boyfriend steals the camera, and does an upskirt photo in a way that, like, this is the era of revenge porn coming out on the internet. And Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of people were doing that. And it it is just presented as this, like, boys will be boys in this area. And the girls are, like, disgusted, but they don't really do anything. The movie itself, if that was the only moment that it happened i'm not going to be the person to say that you can't have terrible people in a horror movie when everybody dies like that is the point it's probably the one place you can depict terrible people and be like well they're terrible and so they died so
3: mm-hmm. don't
2: don't be like that but um the fact that the, that photo comes later as like a reveal is like the grossest part of this movie for me i'm like ugh if I just thought that is,
0: was we actually. Don't do that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: that was the only part of the movie that I thought was kind of lame. Was the fact that they made this one. The only character who ends up being likable for me is the one that starts off supposed to be shitty. They had that. You remember the the girl? They're they're on a double date, and yep. sorry, I don't know any <laughs> of the names in this movie. There's you don't need to. Two, so you, two yeah, couples on a date, and the lead actress. Her date just seem. They Both the guys kind of seem the same. But one of them, the other boyfriend, seems kind of, like, shitty. He makes all these lewd comments. And the girlfriend is just rolling her eyes, and she's clearly not into it. And then she admits that she wants to break up with him, and she's going to do it after graduation. And he doesn't know yet. So you know that he sucks, and she's she's waiting because it's in her own best interest. So it's clearly set it up that this guy is gross and is gonna meet his doom but he ends up being one of the main characters and the likable one so like how do you go from like putting a camera up a girl's skirt and laughing about it tone completely tone deaf at a table to being the guy that's like you know i'm not just like some dumb jock you know i actually read books like who did you forget who this character is it's kind of he's all over the place like he was a little Everyone else was very cookie cutter. So you kind of knew like, okay, this is the guy he doesn't believe. So he's going to whatever. It did. It did sort of, I didn't really care that he was putting the camera up the skirt so much as like, why this sudden like 180 in personality, you know?
2: Well, death changes a person.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll give you that one.
1: I mean, and Mary Elizabeth Winston's definitely like, I don't fuck with you. Like, I know what kind of piece of shit you are. But then it kind of becomes like a desperation move where it's like, the only person who believes me is this fuck. Right. It's like a um, trauma
2: bonding thing where like suddenly... Well, maybe you're not yeah. a terrible person because we both experienced the same shit.
1: Right. But the nice thing is obviously she moves on because like at near the end of the movie when they meet all on the train, she has her own life. Right. Like she has a roommate and a friend and her sister she's playing to meet with. And then they see him and he goes like, oh, I was just coming into town for a game. I would have hit, hit you up. It seems like they're not even close anymore. Right. So, you know, yeah. you kind of get that. But I totally get the whole – they work together and he's kind of heroic in some ways too. Like you get those heroic moments with him and him trying to explain to people, but it's almost like, well, he's the the one who figured it out.
3: He's Mm -hmm,
0: the one that was like, mm -hmm. this is what's happening, girl. Be careful. They didn't, nobody, she didn't believe him at
3: first.
1: Right. It's almost like a cautionary cautionary tale. Like the way you carry yourself might fuck you up later because like, you're not going to, um, like, you know, if something's happening and like you have this reputation where people don't want to care about your thoughts and stuff like that, ultimately, you know, you have, you know, people pay the price for that. And I feel like that's what this movie's trying to say in some ways. I don't mm. think I'm giving it that much credit, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if he wasn't such an idiot and such a jerk and, you know, misogynist in this way, you know, people probably would have been less aggressive towards him and he could have actually done some good instead of like trying to like make up, excuse me, make up for it later.
3: Yeah
0: yeah I mean I will say the main character the one that you like Mary Elizabeth mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. she actually looked good uh, I thought her hair was uncharacter can't <laughs> speak uncharacteristically cool um, mm-hmm. and she didn't seem like you know once she got over her trauma from the main event she was kind of likable and cool like she wasn't wimpy and she wasn't like... Why don't anybody believe me? You know, she seemed like she was carrying the movie just fine. Um, yeah. She's
1: she's almost like a narrator for the movie too, which is weird. Like you get a character that like is narrating for the audience while also like going through the movie itself as a character. I feel I, like I, you don't get that too often.
0: I think I have to also say that this is one of those rare movies that really forces you to just enjoy it. You can't, Mm -hmm. you know, with the other ones, you might like be able to pick out some logic like no one would ever do that in a kitchen. Like, you know, of course you're going to die if you, you know, keep the toaster teetering on the edge of the, the, the sink. But in this movie, it's like they didn't even have to do anything like things were just flying at them. You know, like, uh, let's just have this cart in a Home Depot, like driving itself (laughs) and shooting hill guns into people's heads. Like, it is like there it's everything is just on target with this one. It kind of was was off the wall bananas. So you're forced to just sit here and let the sound design and the screaming and all that stuff take you away. It kind of was genius in that way. And I love
1: the red herrings in the photos where it's like, oh, this is how they're going to die. And then they kind of realize, oh, that's not going to be the case Now they died. It's just some completely something completely different. Well, did um, you not
0: think of the omen at all
2: when Yeah, you
1: exactly.
3: Mhm. I kept
1: thinking a, of the omen with the 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 sliced yeah. head scene constantly. Yeah.
0: So, it's it it's like old kind of a flashback to that stuff, but at the same time, it didn't feel like they were redoing anything. But it also didn't feel like this wasn't trying to be anything more than it was. was like, I'm sorry, make the, you feel tense and that and freak out.
2: The moment when the final girl like does her library research and comes with photographic evidence of Abraham Lincoln. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> with a line through the top of his hair. Like, see, that's where he was shot. I And then, obviously, the twin towers in the airplane. Oh. I was like, oh, we are definitely in 2005 right now
0: (laughs) i think i did check out a little bit during that moment because i'm like what is she what are you talking about (laughs) first of all what kind of digital photo were they taking of abraham lincoln like (laughs) wouldn't pick that up
1: yeah same one
2: yeah i think it was the Samsung.
1: (laughs) So when you rewatch this, do you have like a kill that's like, wow, that's a really good like creative moment? Because like we obviously watch these movies for the creativeness and inventiveness of how people can die. Um, Do you two have like some that like stand out?
2: Of this particular movie, I think the tanning bed death Mm -hmm. is the first thing I think of in this movie that is universal. I think everyone remembers that. Mm -hmm. And rewatching it again today the like the editing of these death scenes is so well done, of how it just ratches it up, and the misdirection of how you think it's going to happen, where you think it's going to come from, yeah. uh, the fun of rewatching it and seeing all the little clues of like you're going to burn in hell, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a hot hot night or something I don't know the <laughs> brand of the tanning lotion as it squeezed out the door, all of it is really fun. Um I mean, that scene the clues alone, clues were
0: there, yeah, right. Yeah, it was very like, formulaic that way. Like, I could definitely tell what was going to happen, but I just didn't know when.
2: Right. So it was still um, fun. This one still gets me, you know, being burned alive, I think is a real terror. And watching the glass break underneath them as it gets increasingly hotter. Ugh. Yeah,
1: it doesn't pull any punches on that scene. I really like that one, too. I think one that I've... Well, Roman, which one do you like? which, which I, is your I like
0: when frankie cheeks gets rear-ended by the the big <laughs> truck at the drive-through and the saw thing just guts oh, his head gosh. open and then just and then there was like this sec it comes back for more again later because they're like oh god who he was an asshole and then it comes back and does some more and drills like that was that was pretty oh, amazing gosh. looking
3: yeah.
1: It looked great and it was believable too. And it's funny that he's flipping them off, you know, and everything. And it's in there in McDonald's. So it's like, you know, capitalism is going to kill you if not with like fast food, some way or another. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for me, the one yeah. that always stands out because it's a, a little detail, but it's always been at the end where the sign crushes um, the, mm. the, I forget. Uh, his yeah, name.
2: the McKinley. Isn't kid, it so yeah, but, weird that my last name is the name of the high school <laughs> I go to? It's like, what screenwriter wrote that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I like it though because
1: it's like all those fire um crap you know the, the fire records like come at him and miss him. He's like, you see, I just I just can't die. And then the scene cr- and then the sign crushes him, but it splatters him, and then half of him is still out and <laughs> like clutching like and over. stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, oh,
0: that's fun. That's cool. The little detail.
3: My I least- actually
0: did. I did take notice of the, the horse scene right before that because I thought it looked exceptionally well shot. The girl, when she was t- you know caught on the horse and the horse is bolting and it's dragging her through a crowd. And normally that would just be complete CGI that would look phony. But it, I think yeah. they really had a girl being dragged around. I Good believe job.
2: It. <laughs> I believe it. In 2006, yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. I say... That's a really good sequence. I think the <clears throat> worst death in this movie is the unnamed unspoken Asian woman who gets a spear through her. Oh my gosh. It just like comes like... out of nowhere. She's this she's the, oh, the she's the End sister's the sister. best friend who's on the roller coaster with her that we never see. She never speaks and then you're
0: like who was sitting next to you? She doesn't even <laughs> know her name.
2: Right. And then she slides she's Too afraid down down the to pool. say it. Yes, just like Paris Hilton in the House of Wax remake that was, like, from a year or two earlier.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I I love these kills. This movie, like, definitely has, like, the more memorable ones. Mm. I don't know why it is, but it just is.
2: When emo Ray Jepsen gets the nail gun to the face... <laughs> I get sad because I liked her. I wanted her to yeah. dump her fucking loser boyfriend and realize that she's yeah. a lesbian and be like, "Oh, <laughs> it makes sense now." She doesn't get to do that, but
0: uh, that was that was pretty pretty outstanding. The the nail gun just all through the head. They really did a good job with this movie. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. especially like for quick... the
0: for the year too. You know, like right. it... usually I I'm used to seeing so much cgi that it doesn't do much for me and i didn't really yeah. notice much with this
1: yeah no that's a good point because like even like i mean a lot of them are quick scenes outside of like the one where the guy gets the the car piece in his head but like yeah. the workout scene smashes oh. him
2: completely
1: <laughs> that, but it cuts it so quick that's but it's the like, one wow. that
2: i knew was coming and i did cover my eyes i'm like i don't need to see it again <laughs> Yeah, it's he was, acting was just like, so oh. bad, though.
0: I I couldn't wait for it to get him. That's how we that's how we that's how we work out in there. We just scream it at a bear <laughs> the whole time. That guy has a cool name. What Texas Battle is his real name? Oh wow, wow. his name's Texas Battle. Uh, but yeah, and he was. I was. I just kept watching him play this part, and I'm thinking, I hope he's having fun with this because this right. is. They wrote a really terrible character terrible lines he's just this like roided out jock he's an african-american guy who's like mm-hmm. a bro who's being i i was trying to figure out if they were trying to imply that these guys were on steroids because of the way they were acting it seemed beyond right and like why Extra are they getting aggressive. pumped up for a game that's not even like happening or it, or it happened before i don't know it was it didn't matter but
2: right mm-hmm. yeah didn't anyway. they graduate yeah. Right? So what why is, he is he still he so doing? Angry at... for another
0: know. game? That's why I was like, "What? <laughs> They've got to be high." <laughs> what the fuck? And it out. They already
2: graduated, and the little sister still wants to borrow the older sister's yearbook camera, and she's like, "Well, as long as you bring it back to school, bitch." When were you gonna return it?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like how the little kids at the beginning of the movie are trying to
1: sneak into the roller coaster, and like, we're five foot five. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I kind of believed them. I was like, yeah, they, they look like they just just about be up there. Also, those guys took their job way too serious.
0: <laughs> oh, I wanted to say, actually, I, at first I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I, I mean, I don't have this big fear of roller coasters or anything like that. But, you know, I kind of knew what was going to happen. But I actually had that experience. On my senior trip, we went to a, a amusement park. And I was on this ride that goes completely upside down and as we're at the top i realized my thing wasn't actually closed the bars over me no it was i had to hold myself up like this the whole time uh and it would it was like a pirate ship that would spin and then when it would get upside down it would just like linger there so my
2: oh we lost your audio
1: (laughs) we lost you
0: (sighs) there you go oh can you hear me yep uh my earbuds died sorry so yeah i i was in i was on a roller coaster with the 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 shoulder bar thing not attached at all completely coming up and i had to hold myself in there and they wouldn't stop like the guy it was your typical teenager that's running the machine was just like not paying attention and i'm sitting there upside down looking at the (laughs) gears straight below me like you think I wouldn't just fall in the water. I'd fall in all the gear stuff. And I'm like, can you just like shut the thing off? So I had to go through the whole ride holding myself in my seat. After that, I was like, I think I've done Not doing this (laughs) before. It surprisingly didn't like (laughs) stop me from roller coasters, but it definitely has made me hyper aware of things before they happen in that sort of scenario.
1: Yeah, the cultural impact that these movies have for everyday life, like, you know, I traveled um, abroad this uh, past spring, and when I was around the plane for the first, you know, first time since I was, like, 12 or 13, immediately started, you know, thinking about, like, Final Destination 3, or 1, with, like, the airplane... And then every time I go on long trips, I think about Final Destination 2. And then when I'm at a music park, obviously, when you're going up and cranking up, you know, you're going to think about Final Destination 3. And I think that's the lasting impact on the culture these movies kind of have.
0: They really have. I do not drive on the freeway and not think about the log scene to this day.
1: Oh, yeah. I, get, I, go, I go by semis and I'm like, oh, my God, please not let this be the day. <laughs> Driving over bridges. Same. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, No, this movie has taught me how to be, you know, how to constantly keep Final Destination alive in my brain in any Mm -hmm. given situation. I'm like, what is the thing that I'm not expecting that could undo all of this?
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: So these movies
0: are kind of, it kind of gives them like the the upper hand in terms of relevance then,
2: right? It's an evergreen premise. It will never end. And I think why haven't we made 10 more of
1: these? <laughs> ten more. Yeah, it's true. I I mean, it's very ingenious, especially it, it came out at a really, I like, like I sounds like, Roman, you you, you watch ones that were like predecessors to what would come with these movies. But I feel like these movies came out at such a good time. Like it was such a ripe time for these kind of movies. I feel like these came out in like mid 2020, 2020s or 2010s or, or early 2020s and then mid 2010s. It'd be something like Hellfest or, you know, like something that would go on Hulu and maybe get a following or something or, you know, a Shutter exclusive. I don't think it would kind of get the following like eventually did get five films. I mean, it's so hard for movies to get more than two or three anymore. You know what I mean? Unless it's attached to like a legacy. So the other movie that
0: I that I was telling you about earlier that was like I thought was like a predecessor to this is called Soul Survivor. And it's from 1984. And it's on Prime. And it was excellent. Um, very low budget. It's a grindhouse movie, basically, but really well done. Um and yeah, I, I feel like you are correct in like these this franchise came out at a time when we needed it. And I think, you know, nine eleven really did make a big impact, just like the pandemic did just like with the mm-hmm. pandemic now we're seeing all these people coming out with new things to say sometimes as a society we need to be shocked into our voice a little bit more and and mm-hmm. just all of all of the best stuff comes out of trauma so we had just <laughs> uh, we had just experienced <coughs> something Jeez. in our world that was that really fucked people up and and especially for kids too like yeah, these aren't very deep movies at all, but they kind of are in their in the way they linger and they plant seeds that we're still talking about today. And it's mm-hmm. tapped into fears. If you could if you could really like say something big in a simple way, you get a lot of people that connect with it. And that's what these movies did, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of like those like iconic movies kind of you know attach themselves to those kind of things like you think about like the 70s it felt like uh like you know the hills have eyes and those kind of things like you know you go and like you know Texas chainsaw massacre as well like you make a wrong turn into away from society you're gonna run into like these horrors of like you know small town america that exists and stuff like that um that's how i've always felt with horror movies and then you get like today you know modern day horror movies are definitely like um like we talk about elevated horror, they're definitely things like trauma based. Like Mike Flanagan has like a chokehold on that thing. I feel like now, um, where that's what the scary stuff is in the 2000s. I think it's like the establishment and like all these real world events that we were kind of too young to take care, like to kind of, or well, at least from I'm speaking from my, my point of view, a little too young to process, but like we realize it's a bad thing. So it's scary. Um, and like these horror movies are the same way that way. And I think yeah. it's why those things are really cool like I, maybe that's why people our age are obsessed with the dahmer thing it's because it's like you know like that's something that happened and we it's not out of the realm of possibility for like normal people anymore you know what yeah. i mean
0: but i think I the know. elevated horror thing is you know a lot of people are shunning that phrase um, but I, I tend to prefer calling it more like a gothic resurgence because that's really what Ooh. it is is where they're really yeah. taking if you read old gothic literature it's all about the environment and the atmosphere. You'll read 50 pages of a story and something doesn't really happen until the last two. And that was horror because it's all about getting there. It's how did you get here? How, how am I in this, you know? And it wasn't Mm -hmm. about like the horror and terror are different things. And we just call everything horror now and it's fine it's cool. I like both. Maybe, maybe you're not in the mood for a slow burn, but sometimes the slow burn has a payoff that the slashers can't. So, you know, as I think instead of like being so dividing everything, we just need to understand that, you know, there's different flavors for whatever you're into. So Mm -hmm. that's my defense of that.
1: (laughs) No, I agree. And I I think like, you know, that's why we we talked about like the two thousands. I think it's like a sweet spot. Like, a very casual viewing it's a it's a very like enjoyable time to just like watch those movies. You don't have to think too hard. They're pego baj in some ways and they're kind of inventive and, and and like, you know, rejuvenating that genre um that I kind of enjoy. Um it's kind of, you know, we talk about you know, you know, with the whole thing with elevated horror. It kind of feels like what the 90s were doing in terms of, like post 80 slashers are kind of doing like smarter like whodunits like you get with the screen movies you get things like you know kind of indie movies that like you know Rodriguez did with like from Dust till dawn um, the faculty and stuff like that and then you also get things like um, the Blair Witch that comes out you know what I mean so you get like kind of new ways of rejuvenating the genre and it's kind of like what the 2010s and 2020s are kind of doing in some ways which I think is really cool yeah we're in a good time for that if you like horror there's some good stuff You know, I like how this episode, we just agreed that Final Decision 3 is the best of uh, at least for me. I like to think of it in terms of like the trilogy and then the movies that come out after,
2: which the fourth one I don't, uh oh. No, I want to say that like, I think four is trash and I think five is so much better than it ever needed to be. I actually really like it. I would watch three and five before I watch anything else in this series. I think I'm going to get
0: the disc that has all of them because I've seen others. I went on a date with one. I don't remember. They all kind of run together to me. This one I think is going to stand out for me more because it seemed very different. But like you mm. suggested this one.
2: Isn't this like the perfect date movie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Where you're like, you're constantly jumping into each other's arms. You're like covering your (laughs) eyes. You're like, Oh my God, it's so crazy. Um, I think you would do
0: that with any of these movies, but this, to me, a perfect date movie is one that gets you wild in the theater, but like you don't have to think about it when you leave. You know, like this, Mm -hmm. there's no plot to really carry with you
2: with this one. And if I'm not mistaken, I do believe a lot of these movies came out in February or like early, early midwinter. Maybe I think I think they were designed to be uh date
3: movies
1: yeah i mean if you said they were january movies it's like now and nobody can argue that january horror movies suck because if these movies are coming out in january you
2: know you hear that whole thing i it's do like believe january. at least final Destination, final <clears throat> destination two came out in the winter
0: well this one was february 10th oh
2: really damn yep.
0: there
1: right. you go tyler call it, it. there you go
2: First I, well, see, I lived March in Minnesota, and when I saw these movies, <laughs> it was freezing, so it had to be.
0: Makes sense. Uh,
1: were these the horror movies that you would take a date on, and you are like, you pretend to be scared and grossed out by these things, but in reality, you're like, yeah, this is really fucking cool. I didn't love, can't get my eyes off of oh, it. Oh,
2: I don't need to pretend. I am the loudest <laughs> person screaming in the theater. Roman can tell you.
0: Yeah, I'm- you do. You've screamed at every movie we've ever gone to see, though, so I don't know. <laughs> you screamed at, like... Stories to tell in the dark.
2: <laughs> I like that movie. It was good. No, I'm not I mean,
0: saying I'm not. I love the movie. I just was like, Are you really screaming? I was laughing.
2: <laughs> when I love a really well executed jump scare, and when it gets yeah. me, it fucking gets me. And I come to these movies to be scared. Yeah. Why would I'm I? I'm not
0: shaming you. I'm jealous.
2: Why would I not <laughs> allow myself to be taken away? Like that's that's the magic of the movies for me. And I know however I feel about a movie, if it did that one thing and it got me to scream, it was what I came for. Mm-hmm. I can't be too mad at it. You got
1: me. Yeah. Honestly, well, a horror movie is even better if you can engage with it. Like, ooh, like I know that's scary, but I'm not technically scared. But it's like I'm going to be like, oh, that's actually kind of good. Or, ooh, that's freaky. That's I love to play I with about movies. Paranormal
0: like that. Activity, the first one. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. really think it was gonna. I didn't in the theater. I was. I enjoyed it, but I didn't really think it was anything. And then I got home, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I don't feel yeah, that's,
3: that. how,
1: <laughs> that's how I was with um, the Purge movies. So mm. the Purge movies, I didn't see any of them in theaters because I thought they were like these. Oh my gosh, like you know, bad for business type of capitalizing on you know current events type movies. And then I watch them, and they're actually fucking smart. I, in my opinion, like they're actually criticizing the people I thought they were championing. And I'm like, mm. Whoa. And then it's like outside the first one, out, the first one, eh. but that, you know, two through the, the rest, I'm like having fun with them. like, Oh my God, that's crazy. What the heck? That's insane. Or like, yeah, kill that guy. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love playing with movies and Halloween kills and terrifier two in recent watches. Now, those are definitely, it. um, which is funny cause it comes full circle with like the movies we're watching today. Um,
2: I had mixed feelings about Barbarian while I was watching oh, it. I haven't seen Barbarian it yet. yet. It's coming to HBO, I think in a couple weeks. Um, obviously go see it in the theater. Know nothing about it. I don't want to say anything, but it made me the person in the theater saying to the screen, do not go in there. Do not go in. Like, I became that person. I couldn't hide it. And it was just like, everyone in the audience was like, yes, don't go in there. (laughs) And for however I feel about it, like, the movie was smart enough to leave silence for me to say that and keep the tension building to where I couldn't keep silent. I had to do what I could do to save this person. Did it work? You'll have to find out. Oh, Wait, can gosh. I ask you
0: guys a question? I haven't seen all of these. I've probably seen most of them. Final Destination, right? I don't really remember all of them. Uh, this one I, I will definitely remember more of. But, like, can you think of other... Like, if they made a new one of these, what other kinds of things have they not used in the movies? besides Like uh, like, they, like
2: the big set piece? Uh, yeah, like, was it the first
0: one was a plane? plane
2: highway pile up roller coaster a nascar event fuck you Mm -hmm. and a bridge collapse
0: but i seem to remember another one that had a roller coaster in it in the end Mm. it was like in a dark tunnel it wasn't open though i feel like that was the 3d one i know it might have been but but like, what other kinds of things, like social fears, do do these mov- Can these movies tap into like it, <clears throat> driving in a car? Yeah, but you know what? What else do teens do? I guess
2: something. Uh, they should
1: fire. do one for Black Friday. That one would be kind of fun. <laughs> oh, oh like before
3: shopping? COVID. Oh my yeah, god! Before can you make a yeah, before COVID. Holiday
2: horror final destination movie. <laughs> the final destination that would be is the mall. <laughs>
1: Uh, that would be one so I, I was gonna say like a, a Halloween store, like a haunted house, but I think um what is the Spirit of Halloween actually has a movie out about their shop being horror, so I think that you know is taken Wait, off is the it, table. Is it,
0: it's fiction, right? It's Right. What is this?
1: I yeah. Okay. I, I think like Spirit of Halloween decided to use like their shop as like the premise for a horror movie. And, okay. and so that
2: so um, that broke something in my brain. You're talking about the 2020s being this like era of elevated horror. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think right now <laughs> the the nerdy part of this this generation that's coming up is everything is the multiverse. So everything yeah, oh, is a good point. I mean everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. is the kind of culture that we're living in in this internet takeover of our lives of every moment. Every IP franchise is folded into each other. All of the the companies are merging together. Things that don't belong in franchises suddenly are all interwoven together so you can't tell one from the other. I think there is some horror to that that we haven't quite grasped yet or found a way to articulate. That would be a really unfortunate thing (laughs) to put in this movie, but... A different they need idea to make, for another They need time. to make
0: idiocracy a horror movie. <laughs> idiocracy, idiocracy is
2: a horror movie.
0: Yeah, but they need to they need to step up the actual <laughs> horror
2: then, you know. Oh. I oh, guess uh, they're
0: Dawn of the Dead.
2: But see, then, mm. then we get into Halloween kills and we get into um cults yeah. and mob mentality <clears> horror where <throat> the dumbest people are the ones who are gonna kill you.
3: Mm-hmm. that would be that would be too scary
1: <laughs> it would have been great if like a new final destination came out in like 2019 2020 and it was like about everyone watching like a stream of like a, a watch movie together kind of like um
0: oh shit and oh, you're unfriended people die
1: yeah like unfriended like dark web yeah. or just unfriended you know no, like, like okay that.
2: i mean to steal from real life the next final destination would have to be at like Coachella <laughs> I'm not – no, like a stage collapse or – Yeah. I mean – That would be good, actually. The That's pandemonium. But plus, you get all these, like, obnoxious kids who are, you know, culturally appropriating. We're,
0: we're getting into, uh, yeah. like, Piranha 3D territory. Which I love. You know? N-O I know. It's a good mean, movie. Literally those things are to- kind of
3: fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. That
1: those ones, are, like, great, like, late-night Netflix
0: watches. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They really they have they really drinks. knew what they were doing. They it was it was really well uh talented people making shitty movies <laughs> in a in a great way.
2: Right, but like knowing that we can have fun with it, but we're not gonna skimp on the thing that makes this movie great, which is the gore mm-hmm. and the tension and the amazing set pieces that movie has, I think about all the time.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, think about like the smart people who did things like crawl or like the Evil Dead. That's the same director. Like, mm-hmm. like I need those guys doing those. I recently watched Forty Seven Meters Below and the second one. Uh, I saw like, the first one. I haven't seen the second one. Second one I think is better and it's more fun. And Mandy like, Moore I need in more... it. She's not in it. I don't think I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> uh But I think like more movies need, like subgenre films like that need to have like the fun ones. You know what I mean? Like shark movies are always like the shallow and stuff like that. You get the jaws, but then it's like, you get like the Wait. fun ones, like 47 meters. Did you
2: see the Australian one? I think it's like bait, bait 3d no. where there's a uh-uh. shark in a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a flooding and now there are sharks in the supermarket. It's like the it's mist like... and jaws together. at and last.
1: All mixed <laughs> in. That's awesome. I like that
2: actually. What is that called? <laughs> I believe it's called bait. It had the bait. guy from nip tuck in it. I think it's Australian. Maybe it's not. I don't know. This is, this is of like a Nip mid-2000s Tuck. movie.
1: Speaking of Nip Tuck, I remember wanting to watch Piranha 3D and I actually stumbled upon Piranha Triple D. And I was like, I don't think this is the one I was supposed to be watching. Uh, uh, piranha,
2: <laughs> wait, Triple D? Is that the porn yeah. parody? Or Piranha it Double was like, D? Which it was is, like the,
1: or was it Double D? where it's like It was like, felt like the American Pie version of it. They had
2: that poor girl from 30 Rock with a piranha in her vagina and she did not know <laughs> I'm gonna say that sentence again. <laughs> she had a piranha in her vagina and did not know.
0: I feel like you're singing me a song right now. I mean, but there's
3: people who have crabs
0: in their vagina and they don't know either.
1: Though. Do you know so the,
2: the difference so. between a crab and a piranha?
3: <laughs> well,
2: i don't have an answer for that so i'm hoping you do
0: i hope uh, that her, her not knowing didn't last for so long like it seems like she didn't know
2: and then had sex with a boy and the piranha <laughs> bit that penis off <laughs> and i think that is all only thing you, you need to know about? to watch this movie it's terrible <laughs> But that <laughs> sentence alone will sell movie tickets. I'm sold on it. I got to rewatch it.
1: I can't. You, it. you really don't. <laughs> I love the the, the American pie of movies. Like you get like the superhero You're movie Movie 47. Oh. Here for
0: the
2: when your
0: heart's not <laughs> open.
1: Uh-oh there i am now right? you're back now you're yeah back. now okay. you're back okay i was gonna quickly say like i liked the american piization of the 2000s where it's like they would parody things of other movies like movie 47 Ugh. the superhero movie um scary movie i guess it's more the scary movie not the american pieization but i just right. say that because they were more horny um yeah but i kind of like those you know kind of b-rated movies that made kind of already yeah. be like movies right. yeah
0: I kind of like those of the 2000s so when I, I was younger old. we had cracked and mad magazine which is that's where they would do all of those parodies um in like magazine comic book form and mm-hmm. it would just be yeah there would always be a horny element to all this stuff and then and then I feel like they've turned it into this the screen it was for the same audience just a couple decades later. And yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. It's
1: like, it's so funny how horny these people and writers are. And it's like, they have no shame. But then it's like, it's kind of funny, the inventiveness and what they're copying and making fun of it. It's like, oh, that's kind right. Of I feel
2: like a lot of the horniness from these comedies of that time of the 80s, 90s, 2000s, we realized that that was setting a bad example. And we were depicting men being very sexually aggressive towards women. And that was not good and the thing i want to say is like horniness is not bad but we shouldn't always depict only men being horny Mm
3: -hmm. women get horny Mm -hmm. too
2: we're always depicting men being horny and women being objects but like i don't think the answer is not to have any horniness i think we need equal opportunity horniness so that everyone gets to be objectified (laughs)
0: <laughs> i feel like they're doing a pretty
2: good job of that now right i feel especially, like
0: especially uh in being like i can totally do this
2: did you see book smart or blockers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or even what was it Both neighbors 2
1: the neighbors 2 was awesome i covered that on the podcast i had so much fun with that and i did see cl- blockers and um i, really I was like yeah i i like that guy the dad in blockers who's like the, the what's his name not ike john cena. or john cena I- ike ike yeah. yeah that actor is fucking hilarious i he love was on mad tv for a bit, bit. Mm-hmm. yeah i loved him i love book smart yeah i feel like those movies understand you know their audience very right. well right. and they're really good at it so kind of like the 2000s with this movie they know the audience and they kind of give it to you um but Roman and Tyler, it's becoming that time now where um, I love to ask you, you know, what some things are coming in the future. Um, what are some things that, you know, you want to leave the audience with um, so we can kind of check you out and follow what you're going um, to be, you know, working on in the future? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tough question
0: of all. Right. So, How much can we give away? <laughs> you know what? I got it. I'll breadcrumbs. I'll this is be, a breadcrumbs I'll kind of like podcast. We had. <laughs> Uh, we have some really great ideas of stuff that we're trying to get down on paper. Some stuff that actually uh, happened. Like I, I had a hard time like processing some some really crazy stuff that happened to me, and it's taken me through the pandemic to kind of uh, unpack it all. And now I'm now that we're working a lot and we're back in the groove, we're actually starting to buckle down and get things going and we have a whole number of ideas of things but we've been involved in a lot of other people's projects tyler and i did a movie together recently called the hat man which is in festivals right now it's it's a short film that's like kind of an homage to nightmare on elm street and all those scary entity haunted house movies that we love
2: yeah that's directed Edward. by rob alicia and yeah. i i edited roman did the sound for it um, we did some work with the Monster Makeup team. They did the amazing film Death Drop Gorgeous, which you should all oh, go watch on yeah. Shutter right now. Uh, their new movie is coming out, and we've had some fun <laughs> on that set. So I can't <laughs> wait to tell you stories about that. Um, as well as uh, Alice Mio McKay, uh, she's got So Vam. On Shudder right now, her new movie she just finished, Bad Girl, Boogie. She already announced a third movie. This girl is 17. 18 now? I don't know. She's already had three features done. It blows my mind. She's incredible. She's the new face of horror. I'm so excited.
0: There's also a series that I always talk about. (laughs) I just did an episode for this Hulu series called Bite Size Halloween. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's an anthology. They're in their third season now. Uh, and it's little shorts, so each episode it could be anywhere from like one minute to twenty minutes. I think my episode's like ten minutes, um, and it's you know, season three. I I forget what episode. I think nineteen. It's it's uh, some guys invading a house, but bite size hor- bite size Halloween is is actually um, interesting because it's not. It's new takes on things and new perspectives. They have a lot of characters that you don't get to see in a lot of other movies. Uh, you know, it's not your typical white guy in everything. I'll <laughs> say that. Uh, so, oh, and one more thing there's this new movie I did called Ringworms, which just won awards at Fantastic Fest. And that, if you like The Evil Dead, then you need to check this out. It's disgusting it's disgusting and There's it's so well made. it's so well made and the effects were amazing i just i was having a great time working on this movie the director's name is will lee so with that wow but well, we've been up fa- to
1: the fact that you've uh, you, you two have been working on stuff that i mean that that, that makes me really happy and excited <laughs> so i got some stuff to check out yeah <laughs> um so where can people find you too? Where can people find Tyler's um, like short TikToks? You can find or, my or short
2: TikToks can... on TikTok. <laughs> can you imagine that? To find TikToks on TikTok. <laughs> Tyler Kinesis is my handle. It's like telekinesis, but it's my name. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> if that's not enough, you can find my other work at typicalfilms.com. There you go.
0: Yeah, I'm theendaudio.com. Mm-hmm that's my professional stuff instagram and all that you'll find me i'm there if you would like to
2: see all the tiktoks of mine that get booted and flagged and censored (laughs) you can follow me on twitter (laughs) at the tyler jensen
1: i gotta gotta love the twitters honestly (laughs) um i love seeing the discourse and all the the fun stuff when i stumble upon tyler's like videos like oh that's kind of fun and i'm like oh okay it's like so that's why i didn't make it on tiktok that's okay i stumbled (laughs) upon it it was crazy it was like i wasn't like looking tyler up but it was like one of my four-year page or whatever or like one of the and i was like what why is tyler
2: well my TikTok TikTok? is mostly just discarded instagram stories that i get Um, to re-edit and (laughs) put a soundtrack to them so (laughs) it's a lot of uh it's more documentary than it is you know funny videos (laughs) I'm I, gotta, awesome. I, I am in nightlife in Brooklyn and the level of artistry and creativity is through the roof. I meet amazing people and sometimes I'm on the street and random shit happens and I just have to document it. That's where you can see what my life is really like. There you go. You heard it. Be careful when you're in Brooklyn. This is what it sounds like.
0: <laughs> Unless you're fabulous and then hurry over. Watch out oh. for falling debris. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, you know, if you two ever need uh, a place to say Chicago, you know, just let me know. Um, We're right here um, in Chicago where we're based. If you want to follow Roman and Tyler, you have those handles. They'll be in the description below as well. Again, if you enjoy this episode, you need to follow the podcast inside the sequel. It's on Twitter at sequelpod. You can email the show at sequelpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can follow me on um, Twitter as well um, at Hurtastic underscore Chris or check out the YouTube channel where we're posting stupid shit where we're doing our Mount Rushmore horror movies um, on YouTube. You can follow us at Hertastic Reviews there as well. Um, but other than that, Roman, Tyler, thank you so much for giving me the time and the pleasure to talk about some early 2000 movie that I really enjoyed. Uh it was a lot of fun and hopefully we don't have to wait another year uh to have you two back on.
2: Next time we come back, we'll have to do a part four of something. <laughs> or part three. This was part
0: three.
1: Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we we'll have time. To-
0: Thank you. I'm glad because I, I love it when people get me to watch something I wouldn't normally do it. And now I'm like hooked. <laughs> I, I have to find the rest of them, so
1: Honestly, I have to go back and watch that last Final Destination. Yeah, see Tyler's. So it's sh- good. Kudos to it's you there. good. Kudos. It's pirata- so look up for my it's Twitter. I to gotta to find that
0: too.
1: It's <laughs> like so for Twitter where I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal Tyler's thunder. I'm gonna be like, yo, you know, actually, the Final Destination movie is actually the best one. Mm. You know.
2: <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. It's better than it ever needed to be. Mm. I
1: love those kind of movies. <laughs> and if, if you, have you haven't no seen business.
2: it. Go figure out what I mean, and if you have seen it, you know. You know, (laughs)
1: it's for it's for the big brain, um, the big brain horror movie watchers.
2: (laughs) Is that a joke about the size of my skull? Because I can't. (laughs) No,
1: it's like the one where it's like the guy has a huge brain and he's sitting on his brain, sipping on a cocktail. It's like when you understand malignant is what it started as. I love malignant so much. Yeah, I know
2: we talked about that last time. I have to go. Good night, (laughs) y'all.
1: Yeah. Anyway, thank you, too, for coming on. And remember, if you aren't watching Final Destination on your October watches, do you really care about cinema? Other than that, we'll see you next time.